Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today a pretty special episode, the first of its kind here. We're going to have a number of round the table discussions with the 12 American junior riders who have been racing the World Cups in Troyes and Dublin. They will be sharing their experience, go over a couple of topics, not only the racing but also the cultural shock and everything basically. This is recorded between the World Cup in Troyes and before the one in Dublin. And hopefully we'll be following them a couple of more times this season. Before we start talking with the riders, with me here now is Jeff Proctor, who has directed this block. He is directing it. Jeff, you have been running Eurocross Academy before. You've done a couple of national team blocks. This year there's a collaboration between USA Cycling and the Eurocross Academy to run the November and December trips for juniors. Could you tell us a bit more about that partnership? It's a World Cup-focused series of blocks, and we really want to have strongest juniors who are ready to come to Europe, having them get experience and growth through the World Cups. The World Cups are the highest and best preparation for the World Championships, and for really, once a rider is ready, coming to Europe uh, and, and seeing, you know, the idea is to bring young riders over and get them experience seeing the level and the competition and the conditions and the and the courses to then ideally you know really make a difference in their overall development over a long time and then also more micro level with the world championships in february and how does the collaboration between usac and eurocross academy work well basically we saw an opportunity to kind of combine forces and and so financially, it's, it's um, a large part of it is USA Cycling, and then also ECA is putting in a significant chunk, and then the riders uh, also have a ground fee. More importantly, it's the combining of the resources, so it's infrastructure, it's vehicles, it's um, just logistic, logistical help and staffing, some help with the staffing. And it's just a really much, a very much a team effort to really pull off what is, you know, some significant logistical challenges to the, especially this November block. Yeah, it was not easy. Trois, Dublin, and it's already a challenge for European-based teams. USA Cycling does have a European vehicle park and a house in Siddharth, but that wasn't of much use for trips so far away from Siddharth. Once the Youth World Cup schedule got released in April, how did the planning of this block go? Well, we took a look at the schedule and, you know, the goal was to try to do all of the World Cups, which are sort of grouped around three different blocks, November, December, January. And this first one, as you said, it's, it's, it's not really based anywhere. It's, it's, we're on the move uh, for a week and a half or a week one place and a week another place. So started in May with really looking at you know, what, what we were going to be challenged to do and lodging and vehicles and getting all the equipment to Dublin uh, from France. So it was a lot of planning and a lot of sort of troubleshooting where and how and what. And um, I think we came up with a really good plan. The, the December block will be much easier. We'll be based in Sittard, and and that's all races within a couple of hours. But this one, yeah, it was the combination of, of a lot of help from a lot of people and uh, getting feedback and, and troubleshooting and just seeing what was going to work. And 
judging from how the European teams handled it, we kind of did what a lot of the teams did. So it was that was really encouraging, and I, I enjoy I enjoy sort of trying to pull off a challenge like this. Yeah, the eventual outcome was that the athletes flew in to Brussels, and from there it was a four-hour drive to Troyes, and then after the World Cup, the athletes flew flew from Paris to Dublin, where they took public transportation to get to the accommodation whilst a couple of members of staff drove everything and took the ferry. And now the staff is taking that same ferry back to get the vehicles back where they belong in the Netherlands. The first of the World Cups is behind us in Troyes. Couple of historic results there. Let's start with the junior woman, two top tens there. Fida Lopez de San Roman, who was already with you here last year for the Tabor trip you did and then also raced worlds in the December block. She got fourth, just missed the podium, but still a all-time best for an American junior woman in a World Cup. And then first year, Alyssa White ended 10th, and then the other riders ended somewhere in the middle of the pack. How do you reflect upon that first race with the junior woman? Oh, I was I was super proud of them. I mean, all of these blocks, you know, when ECA does their summer camps and and just over the years, you know, we talk about athletes being ready to come over here. And when I say ready, when we're, we talk about readiness, it's, it's are they on top of their schoolwork? Is everything um, sort of agreeable to the families and just their own sort of personal place and what they're doing in, in their domestic calendar and with their teams? And then finally, you know, obviously, you know, are they ready to perform? And and you know we, we we did have some good results there with our junior women in the first World Cup, and so I was really encouraged by it. Yeah, creating that readiness for European racing, which is completely different to American races, is something you start building through your summer camps. You did three this summer: one in Montana, two in Vermont. I had the pleasure of being invited to that Montana camp, and. What I really saw there is that you try and teach them the basics, which for American riders are maybe not as basic as for European youth riders. Focus on the pit practice, focusing on how to shoulder a bike properly. Things like that, is that what you try to touch upon when ready, that you're ready as a rider, you have the full package, the skill set, your toolbox is filled? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, skills are everything, especially sort of at the 14, 15, 16 level, as well in the 17, 18s. So focus on those summer camps, not only with the skills, but also sort of just where they are endurance-wise, you know, with their afternoon rides or with their off-the-bike training. But it's also just, you know, just are they sort of socially ready to undertake a block where you're rooming with athletes and traveling and, and you know, you might have different nutrition or different, you know, just, just adjusting to European culture. So it's a it's sort of sort of a whole combination of things to be really ready to come over here and and get the best mileage for your investment. So the readiness piece is really important. You have to be patient too. It doesn't all happen in one block. It, it happens over time and multiple blocks. And so yeah, just uh, really encouraged to see a lot of these athletes that I've worked with already here that we've worked with continue to grow and develop and become not only better athletes but better people you've done many of these blocks do you have an example where that patience and build up through one or two junior years really paid off well if we want to talk about vita or david who are our best performers in Troyes, both of them 
came to summer camp in their either their 15, 16 years or their first year juniors, then, you know, came to Europe on blocks and, you know, the athlete management piece during the whole year. We took actually David Thompson came to Europe as a 15, 16, just because he's just so hungry to be over here. And then you just, you know, after a couple of summer camps and three or four European blocks, over time, you throw that together with just all of the work their teams are doing and all of the work they're doing and their families are doing, and you combine all of that and, and you see, you know, you really see a nice trajectory, which is super encouraging for teams and the athletes, but also for ECA and for USA Cycling and, and, and our potential for the future. You already mentioned it, David Thompson was the best performer in Troyes. He got a second place on only one of the results, well, focus on results because I know how important the development part for you is. But as a second year to come here and get that second place, which is a tied all-time best for a U.S. men junior in a World Cup, that must have been something special. It was not anything I was sort of anticipating during the race because he came from pretty far back after a you know not a, not a great start but boy I was uh, turned everybody's heads when he just kept moving up and through the field and yeah he, he legitimately legitimately you know made his space and, and kept his technique the whole race and just uh, was very consistent and I, I think that's probably the most rewarding reaction for those of us helping and supporting because it's, it's, it wasn't any one big thing. It was just a combination of so many things. When you're watching the race from the pits, which you are, you're feeding the bikes or well, most of the time catching, but you're working in the pits. Do you see much of the race at all? And I mean, I guess you kind of know where they are. What does that do to you? Yeah, unfortunately, the, the live feed on the big jumbotron next to the pit is not working so far anyway. Sometimes we would get... In the past, like the pre-production clips, they would be like testing camera angles during the junior race, and you actually could see some of the junior race. Don't see a ton of the race, but I try to. Sometimes I try to move around to different corners near the pit if I can, if there's time. But some of these muddy races, there's no time, so I have to rely on other people that are out and around the course, and and we debrief with all the athletes. Um, extensively after the races to hear you know what what their impressions were and where they could be stronger and where they did really well and so it's a combination of sort of interview and anecdote and maybe some live footage or uh, looking at lap times after the race and to, to piece together the sort of the narrative to their races and when david eventually made his way up into second in that race does that get you all excited in the pits or is that now something where you just try to stay as calm as possible? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm obviously part of me is excited, but first and foremost in the pit, you're serving, servicing six riders, so you've got to stay focused on who's coming through and keeping track of them. And as well, like, it's a slow progression, and it's sort of seizing the day, and if you're on a good day, seizing that day. But I, I really champion sort of the long-term commitment and, and just really watching the sort of breakthroughs but but it's more for me about the the big picture the big picture being development uh final question the other results were pretty decent miles got a 15th henry coot got 16th both in the top 20 the others ended a bit further down in the middle of the pack in trois 
development how would you say that has been showing has been what types of development have you seen in this block maybe not only on a rider level but also on a personal level yeah i mean we have a number of first year juniors here and and so um i've always maintained that ideally ideally it's a two-year process for the juniors so if you can get over here as a first year for one or two couple blocks it pays massive dividends the next year some of the juniors that have done i've, I've worked with that have done well at the world championships to a t it's it's a two-year process and they they end up culminating their junior years at the world championships in their second year so but so there's different kinds of gains there's different gains with just adjusting to the culture the food the they don't have their teams here or their parents so they have to learn uh, new routines and different support processes and that sort of thing so you, you know you can measure growth in a bunch of different different ways but i i have to say you know that first weekend in Troyes this year with a number of our athletes was performance-wise really really strong and that's really encouraging that we're emphasizing the right things at the right time and and uh, i've been really grateful to for the opportunity to work with usa cycling on this and the athletes and their families the athlete management piece is is huge and um Hopefully we can just keep building because I think cross is cyclocross is such an important discipline to the overall ecosystem and environment landscape of cycling. If you look at gravel, you know, and you watch say the gravel worlds this summer or whenever that was in September and you don't see sort of the core cyclocross skills at work in a, in in a race like that then yeah, it's a, it's an, it's an incredibly important discipline for our young cyclists, whether whether they stay in cyclocross or go on to road, track, mountain. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you, Noah. With me here now are three riders who have made the November trip, racing the Troy World Cup and the Dublin World Cup, Miles, Alyssa and James. Let's do a round of introductions first. Miles, could you shortly introduce yourself to everybody who doesn't know you? My name is Miles Mattern. I'm an American cyclocross racer and I ride with CXD Trek Bikes team. I also race mountain bikes in the spring, but cyclocross is my passion and we're here with the national team for this block. So does that mean cyclocross is by far your favorite or maybe secretly that Olympic mountain bike dream? <laughs> uh, for me it's cyclocross my favorite discipline. It's what I enjoy the most. Then across the table of me is Alyssa Sarkisov. My name is Alyssa. I race cyclocross for CXD Trek Bikes. I also race road for DC Devo. This is my first time racing in Europe for cyclocross. I'm first year junior. How has it been so far? Exciting to race here? It's fun. It's very exciting. It's a whole new, like, whole different type of racing. It's very exciting. I like it a lot. And to the right of me is James. It's your second trip here. Could you also shortly introduce yourself? Uh, I'm James. I race for the Minnesota Junior Cycling Team. And yeah, this is my second trip. I went over in December and raced for the Chris period. Well, before you made it here, you all needed to somehow get here. How does that work in the U.S.? Is there like a number of selection races? That's how it goes in the Netherlands. Does the national team coach decide how does this work? There are like emphasis on certain races in the U.S. to make selections from, but for this trip, there weren't any specific specific races set in stone for selections. That's what they do for the World Championships, but for this trip, it was more just. Everyone who was interested put in a petition 
through USA Cycling and then the results from American races were evaluated to decide the team. How does it work for Worlds? Like, what races is the emphasis on? This year for Worlds, the emphasis is on it was on Pan American Championships, National Championships. There's also a race in Cincinnati, and then the World Cups. But there's also a discretionary process for Worlds, so any rider that USA Cycling feels is competitive can be selected. So that race in Cincinnati, that's then one of the one where the emphasis was on. I think Rochester was also a somewhat important race. How does the start field in these races compare to the others? I mean, it's a big country. James, you live in Minnesota, as you said. It's for European standards. You travel across the continent to the East Coast to do races. Is the start field quality of these races really that much higher than if you just race another one? The quality of the start is definitely much more intense here in Europe compared to America. Uh, there's no half going in the starts in America, I'd say. So, yeah, definitely the starts here are much more interesting, much more chaotic, but better, in my opinion. In the U.S., how do the races compare, the ones that are used to select big races compared to the ones that don't? Um, I think the turnout is normally higher. There's normally more racers, and the course quality, I think, is better. And these races they pick are normally on a higher stage with more spectators, more people showing up. How do you view that on the girls' side? How do the races compare? Well, just the American races, like, do you have the same competition every week? How much have you race how do you combine it with travel i'd say like in the u.s it's like three or four girls that i know i'm racing every single race and like they're always going to be there it's always gonna be like the lead group of like the same girls but like here like everything is changing i didn't exactly get to race the full race in troy's world cup but in the u.s like the starts are much less aggressive much less fast like some of the races i can get the whole shot without really trying much and like kind of like control the race more than here when you're like Kind of like letting the race like let it letting it happen and like seeing like and adapting to what's going on while you have more power in the u.s races the u.s races are far apart then you travel the ocean to come and race here how do all of you manage the travel well i think it kind of is kind of exhausting a lot like traveling every week like i just like keep my bags packed just like come back from a race do my laundry just repack it all it is kind of exhausting so it's nice when there's like no racing to get like a chance to like train and get some good training and like actually get some like miles in because it's really difficult to train and do school as well with so much travel but I also think it's pretty fun like getting to see a lot of new places and like hang out with my teammates and meet a lot of new people it's pretty fun yeah and traveling to Europe is obviously more like difficult for us to come to these World Cups from the US than it is for like people from European countries to have short short travel to wherever the race is and like we have to come about like well for the world cup last week we came five days early five or six days and then just focused on like settling in like sleeping on the plane and then trying to accumulate to european time right away it makes you think about recovery a lot more than if you were just in the u.s doing a race that weekend and you're like going to school in the week like a normal kid you might like forget about those things but coming here reminds you how like important the recovery is to be fresh and ready to go for the weekend.
James, you're doing online school. Does that help make this possible? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I don't have to worry about going into school. I've been actually working on my school last night and this morning. Um, it's more adaptive to where I can just work on it whenever I need to. Fit my schedule, puts me in control more. And how is it to adapt from the mindset of racing at the front of the races in the US fighting for wins to when you come here race for still very good results but a bit more in the top 20-ish area? It's just like a different style of racing like in the US if you can be in the front group there's like often a lot of like sitting up and like no one wants to pull or no one wants to like put in too many attacks or maybe it's like very like tactical race versus like here it's just all out the whole time and like also the main difference for me is in the US you can like if someone tries to pass you you can afford to drop back from like third to fourth wheel it's like not going to change anything but here you have to fight for every position because like anyone who gets in front of you could could mess something up and it's just like it's more of a battle here than it is in the US like it's a battle the whole race instead of just the last lap what would you prefer I mean I saw you didn't really get to race much in Trois so maybe the others from your experience both of you came here as first year juniors last year now a second year juniors here what do you prefer which style of racing for me the European racing style is like far more competitive it's like way more enjoyable like at the end of the race it's just like super fun to just like have an an all-out like battle for 40 minutes versus like in the US it's kind of just like you're still racing but it's not it's not everything you have all the time versus here it's just like you're fighting for not only to like get everything out of yourself but you're fighting to you're like really racing the competitors and course at the same time yeah I, I agree it's much more different and I think yeah the European racing where it's just all out battle constantly constantly fighting constantly taking up positions constantly it's much more exciting within the race other than the, like we said, America where it's more mind games playing and not as many people want to attack or pull or anything. So I think what Miles said was correct. I agree. What about the courses? I've seen a bunch of the USCX series races. I've Charm City, Renoke, Rochester. How do they compare to the courses here and how do you adapt to that i feel like the courses here like they weren't that much crazier but i think they're much more technical and it also is like i noticed that it's usually always muddy here in in the u.s like we didn't have that many muddy races i think it was like a like kind of slick for a couple like i know we had like a muddy day like day two of go cross and then day two of rochester but it wasn't as bad and like i also noticed that like something that they have here that we don't have in the U.S. is like ruts like a lot of the time like for most of the course in Trois like there's so many ruts in like almost every corner and it was like never done that before and it was pretty scary and like like kind of like difficult to learn it's kind of like a learning curve because courses were much different than in the U.S. but I still think they're not like that much crazier at least the last race wasn't. Like, in my opinion, it's the courses are more difficult, and that combined with the style of racing makes it, like, harder to have a clean race. Like, in the U.S., it's, like, if you have any sort of, like, slip-up or, like, crash in the race, it's, like, not normal or, like, not good versus, like, here, if you can make it through the World Cup without any any problems, that's, like, extraordinary because it's, 
courses are more challenging. You're like pressed all the time. You have to stay smooth when you're like under physical stress. And then also the constant like fighting for position with other riders makes it harder to, to keep everything like running smooth and to like maintain your technique throughout the race. So it's like those factors combined make it a more technically like challenging. What was the most difficult race you've done here in Europe? I think last year probably Cookside, just because it's just nothing similar to anything I've ever raced before. It's like we don't have sand races in America. That was like a race where you're really racing the course more than anything else and just like staying smooth. Even it's one thing to like ride the course in pre-ride and do everything well, but it's another thing to do it when your heart rate's 200 beats per minute. So that was probably for me the most difficult one. Yeah, is that the thing which is the most difficult for you guys to adjust to riding to the sand or the longer sand sections? Because it doesn't seem to be able to match sand, as you said, in the American races. And if you have a sand pit like the one in GoCross, it's not really a sand pit. Yeah, I think there's not much sand in America. So really, I think Americans struggle in the sand. Not like struggle, but definitely not used to it as much as the Europeans are. So where do all of you train in Europe? You see most teams going into the forest, a lot of them train in Lichtart, a couple of training sessions in Alpha. How is that for you? Where What's the training venues like for you? Is there any good? I think for most of us, it's like just going to local parks and trying to not get yelled for riding a bike through it. It's not like easy to find such good like spaces. And last year I did a training in Liebtart and it was just like it was super nice just to have all that like availability to work on like everything you could really think of for cyclocross skills versus like in the US it's like for me like if I want to practice sand I can like drive 40 minutes up to a beach but like there's so many factors like it has to be like not a nice day so there's not people at the beach and like you have to actually be able to make ruts or like you can ride like a cyclocross bike on mountain bike trails or something which like not the same but also depends on like where you are living. So like uh, everyone else may have different experiences with the training they have. But Yeah, and like me personally, I have a few different courses I have. Like I have one at home, I have one down an hour in the cities. Uh, I have my team's training course and I also have a course that I'm building right now a few miles away from my house and it's just I think it's important to make a course or find a place that you can really train and just make sure it has all different aspects of a course sand some maybe some slick mud just some elevation just like anything you can think of would be important to train for me well it really depends on like where you train like sometimes with my like local club team that I was on when I was younger I'd go and train with them like like nowadays and like they have like a little park with a couple trails that we can ride but there's not really like much like cyclocross specific stuff like we don't really have a course or anything we just have like some trails and then like maybe a couple hills and like some barriers and like around my house like if I want to do skills on my cross bike I'll have to like go into the woods and ride trails which is like not the same and like like if I want to practice barriers I'll just like set up some wooden barriers in like front yard and like It's not really ideal, not really much opportunity to train. So that's why I think it's nice to like travel a lot for racing because then you do get to see a lot of courses and a lot of different like features and it's always good training and 
being able to like adapt and like learn like what lines to take for different features and like how to ride more things. Now we know where you train, which races you've done, how it compares to here. To finish off this segment, how do you guys prepare for this block of racing? Like, is this a big goal? Do you build towards this? What do you do in terms of freshness? Or is this only a learning experience and are you more focused on the December block or the world's block? How, how should we picture that? I think for me, since this is my first time, I think it was to gain some experience racing here and like I wanted to hit all of the World Cups. So my goal is to like do all the World Cups and eventually hopefully get selected for World Championships in February. And so this is kind of just to gain experience and also maybe gain points and like help like my petition for Worlds since I probably won't like I'll have to do a discretionary petition and I think also like to be able to just like travel to Europe and just like do these races. It's just like an awesome experience that like I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life. So that's another part of it. The training for like the whole season should be focused on being at my best for the World Cups. So like that means it's okay to not to not be like perfectly ready for those September American races and it's like okay to train through one weekend even if it means you're not at your like absolute best because it's all about preparing to be like at your strongest for these races and the like the youth world cups are blocked well enough where you can kind of like afford to have a few peaks during the season like for these november world cups and then the whole christmas trip and then and then there's the world cups leading into worlds it's kind of like three blocks but it's like important to remember that the season is like long if you're racing from september to february that's five months so you can't just like come into the season with your best form and expect to hold it all the way to February. So it's it's about like building and peaking at the right time and also making sure like you're fresh for these European races, like especially considering the travel that can take out of the freshness. I agree with so much of what you said there. Uh, and I think it's important, like I took last year as a learning year kind of, just kind of figure out what the European racing is all about and you get into this race the first race of the year I think that really just like reminded me of what the racing in Europe really is like so I'm hoping for big things in the next upcoming World Cups um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting well tries behind us we're on to Dublin now thank you for your time with me right now are three racers who raced the trial World Cup all of them ended in the top 10. To the left of me is David Thompson. Could you shortly introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Uh, hello, uh, my name is David Thompson. I'm uh, 17 years old. I'm a second year junior this year, and I race for the AG2R U19 team. Then to the right of me is Vida. Could you shortly introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Vida Lopez de San Ramon. I'm also a second year junior. I'm 17 years old, and I'm from Northern California, and I race for the Bear National team. And then right across the table of me is Alyssa. Could you also shortly introduce yourself? My name is Alyssa White. I'm from Elkins, West Virginia, and I race for FinCraft Junior Cycling Team. All of you raced the Trial World Cup. I already spoiled some of the results. A couple of top tens, podium even. Let's start with you, David. You became Pan American champion. Then you flew to Troyes. What was your expectation to start that race? Did you target a podium? Yeah, I guess... My expectation, uh, I, I think last year, my expectations were a bit high to start, and that kind of, 
affected my overall mentality for the rest of the season or just for the next couple of races. So I kind of came in with uh, a bit lower expectations or the same as last year. So just uh, top 10, you know, find my place in the, in the pack and go from there and try to keep moving forward. So yeah, I was very happy with the result overall. And uh, the weekend before in uh, the Coupe de France, uh, I'll be. I kind of found my place in the peloton and figured out like who I would be racing around and everything. So I think, um, yeah, I came in with uh, decent expectations and uh, I was able to put out a good result. Did it help that you already had a bit more time here or race on a European course before you hit that World Cup in Troyes? I think it definitely uh, benefited me in some ways. Maybe less about uh, being here as much, but more being back uh, fighting with uh, the European uh, racers, just because it's a completely different type of type of racing, really, compared to the American races we have. Do you also think that Fida that the racing is different, and if so, how do you adjust to that? Yeah, for sure, it's a big adjustment from racing in the U.S., especially the amount of people in the fields and the competition is a completely different field of level and courses. What about you Alyssa? You're a first year. What type of expectations did you have if you had any? How did the racing compare for you to what you had hoped for? Yeah, it was my first race ever and I really wanted to get a top 10 even though I never raced here. The competition was definitely really high but like if you can find your rhythm and like be smooth through the whole course you can definitely be up there with everybody. Then let's go and talk about the racing. David, you were the first to race. You raced uh, the junior men's race at 9.30. Could you talk us through your race a bit? Yeah, no problem. So for me, uh, the start is usually not my strong point, but today uh, or over the weekend off the whole shot, it was pretty good for me, probably fourth wheel back. But then uh, coming into the off camber, I just uh, didn't really get aggressive enough I'd say and that kind of pushed me pretty far back and by the end of the first lap I was um, definitely uh, thinking that I might have been out of it but yeah I just kind of kept going and kept pushing and just kept moving my way forward and uh, yeah I got all the way back up to second place. What feeling took the overhand after the race? Happiness and pride because you ended second, which is a tight best result for an American junior men, or a bit of disappointment and eagerness to improve because, as you said, you lost like some 40 seconds in the first two laps and you came back to 15 in the end. Yeah, I'd say a bit of both. Uh, in the moment, on that last lap, I was really just uh, focusing on holding my place and... Um, not as much about really 100% committing to trying to chase down first place just because um, this was a new best for me and uh, really showed like a new level to which I, I achieved and I didn't want to blow that like I did last weekend. A couple crashes in the last lap so I just um, held my place and looking back I definitely have a, a little bit of regret but you know another opportunity this weekend so I look forward to that. So your main takeaway seems to be be a bit more aggressive on the bottlenecks in the first lap. What about you, Vida? Could you talk us through your race? Yeah, my race, I was pretty happy with my race. It was definitely like, I also had a lot of expectations last year as a first year, and I felt like I didn't completely execute them throughout my season, which was, I, I was a little bit frustrated about last year, so I had a bit of, like, I guess you could say, anxiety about lining up, not having raced this 
field all season, but I was really happy with how the race started. I was able to get like second wheel and just hold my position really well off the start. I was pretty surprised to find myself in the lead throughout at the end of the first lap. And I found it really helpful to just focus on racing a smooth race and just almost race, not really racing the riders around you, but racing yourself through the ruts. And that's kind of how I found myself in the front. And I really tried to focus on riding a smooth race rather than racing the riders around me. And I found that helped me put down my fastest laps throughout the race. Mid-race, I found myself fighting for the podium, but I made a few small mistakes, which pushed me back into fourth place, which I was a little bit disappointed about, but also really, really happy with because it was my best World Cup result yet. And a little bit bittersweet because I know that if I had adjusted a few small things throughout my race, it could have possibly been a podium, but it just makes me more motivated than ever to see what is to come this season um, after that first race. During the race, there was a bit of an incident with a French girl. Could you tell a bit more about that? There was definitely a few incidents. Um, I found myself behind a lot of like crashing and specifically like being pushed down the, the run-up a few times, <laughs> which were instances I just had to make the best decision in and keep moving forward and not let it take control of my race, just keep moving forward. So I tried to make the best of those. And what about you, Alyssa? You didn't have the luxury of starting on the first and front row. Were you stuck in any of this mid-pack chaos anywhere? Yeah, so at the front, I didn't really get a good start. And when it bottlenecked into the off-camber, I was in like 25th probably. And I was definitely behind everybody. So it was like the whole race was kind of like me trying to work my way up through the pack and find my position on the course. How did that go moving through the pack? Uh, what, what was your race like? There was a lot of crashing and like the turns and stuff because you're behind like not as good riders and so everybody's kind of like everywhere but if you're like focused on your line throughout the whole race then it's definitely way easier. You ended 10th you said you didn't really have any expectations but hope to get a top 10 so you must be satisfied with that result. Yeah I'm satisfied but like after the first race seeing that I got 10th I'm definitely like really excited to keep trying to move up in placings through the season. So the race in Troyes is now behind us. All of you have raced in the US this season. Could you give an insight in how racing here compares here in Europe, compares to racing for what you is at home in the US? Yeah, I guess uh, I'd say the two biggest differences are the courses and the competition as well. It's just uh, the courses are a bit more power heavy and fitness uh, based, I guess I would say, as well as very uh, short but hard technical features that we don't really see in the U.S. So it's just uh, a bit of difference on the course as well, but also in the competition, like if you kind of find your own rhythm and just keep your own pace, like you can ride through one group and go off the front or go out the back and just like in the blink of an eye and everyone else will kind of just go around you. But in the US, I feel like everyone kind of holds that wheel a bit more and really it's more about the groups that stay together. But here, 
you're more on your own and just kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, I would also agree with that. Also, something I've learned is that the racing is separated by such smaller margins is a huge difference because in the U.S., you know, you have a lot less aggressive racers, but here it's like really separated by seconds, the top 10, which comes down to the little details in training and racing, which is a huge difference from racing in the U.S. Yeah, so I agree with both Vita and David, but something that's completely different for the girls especially is like how big the fields are. Like the starts were way different for me because there were so many more people and like everybody's always fighting for the position instead of just getting on your wheel and just like riding behind you the whole time. They're always trying to move up positions even if it's like one place. And what about your skill sets? Do you think that European racing requires a completely different skill set compared to when you race in the US? I wouldn't say completely different, but it's definitely more fitness based. Like your technical skills need to be at like a certain baseline, I would say. And from there, it's more about just focusing on the fitness. Where in like America, I feel like uh, many riders focus a lot on the technical and less on like really building the high end or even the endurance as well to sustain the super high effort throughout the race. Isn't that a bit of a paradox because generally the European courses are regarded as more technical. So would you say that maybe the Europeans are either more used to it or just have different training priorities? Yeah, I'd say probably more used to it just because like they grow up around this and they've been doing it since however many years they've been racing or even riding bikes. I've known uh, some riders who live next to the Casterly Forest and they would ride there every day and just like they've been been able to experience the sand and the type of ruts and everything just since they started riding a bike. So it's just a really different way of growing up and training over here. And what about you, Vida? You've raced here last year as well. How do you look upon those courses? Yeah, I think it's definitely for me, I prefer the European courses. I think there's a lot more to them and a lot more to make the race more interesting, but also it's an interesting contrast between the courses in the U.S., which are a lot more, I would say, like, basic and more, um, like, there's, like, more power. Like, you don't run as much and stuff like that. Like, self-explanatory, um, not a whole lot to them. So that's a big difference between racing here is adjusting to these courses but a lot of them make the races it's interesting to see the the how each race plays out on these courses because of the favoring of different riders depending on the different obstacles and elements of the course yeah so in the previous segment we had a couple of riders say well what we don't really find in the u.s are big off cameras like this with ruts like that which you really need to commit to around the course would you agree with that Alyssa? i mean it was only your first european race but premature conclusion yeah i definitely agree with that especially on like the off camper you definitely have to stay in like the ruts but like on some of the turns you can definitely take different lines if there's like more grass outside of the rut and stuff like that but yeah there's definitely ruts you have to stay in then let's discuss some of the goals. We're recording this between the Trough World Cup and the Dublin World Cup. Let's start with a very short-term goal. What are you hoping for in Dublin this weekend? I definitely want another top 10 finish, but I want to be higher than what I got this weekend. But I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself to like do too much. For me, I guess I'd like to remain consistent and uh, stay on the podium, but yeah, we'll see. 
for me also, I'm really hoping for to fight for a spot on the podium just because just coming up so short last weekend has made me really motivated for that, but we'll see. And then on the mid-long term, for the rest of the season, any goals in the overall of the World Cup? Nationals are coming up, Worlds are at the end of the season. Anybody have any aspirations or goals for that? Yeah, I guess for the World Cup overall, that's something I'll be uh, trying to focus on um, a bit. Hopefully this weekend uh, goes to plan and I can stay uh, up in the running. But yeah, for me, the American Nationals aren't uh, as much of a goal as the World Cups and the World Championships just because it takes uh, so much to travel all the way back and travel all the way back over here again. So yeah, I'm definitely focusing more on the World Cups and the World Championships. For me also, I will be attending nationals, but my main goal for the season was the World Cup racing and the European racing. Um, after a lot of experience um, racing here for the first time last year, I don't have a specific goal for the end of the season, but I'll just be looking to see if I can perform my best at World Championships in Tabor. I really want to get a good placing in nationals. But I also want to like make it to Worlds and try to do as best as I can in all the World Cups and bigger races that I attend. And what would a good place be? Or is it a good place just the result of a good race? Oh, Nationals, I definitely want to try and win. But the World Cups, I want to try to like overall top 10. And then on the long term, David, you've joined the Ajay Desire team, the juniors team there. What are your long term ambitions and any... Well, what do you hope to achieve by joining a European team? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest uh, hope, and uh, I guess it's becoming a reality, is just uh, being based in Europe and not having to worry about the travel and getting sick as much and just uh, having like a good base over here and having the resources and everything I need to really keep developing myself and my skills and my fitness. You've been with them for a bit now before the Albi Coupe de France and going on a training camp with them around the Benidorm World Cup. How's it been so far? Yeah, it's been it's been good. Uh, so far, so good. In uh, Albi, it was very good. There was obviously uh, some language barrier, but uh, yeah, we worked around it very well and everything was very organized. The bikes were ready and yeah, so far, uh, everything's been perfect. You taking any uh, French lessons? Yes, yes, we have uh, French lessons every week, and I also have been taking uh, French in school as well. That's for cross so far, but do you also want to thrive on the road with them? You got to race road worlds this past season. I definitely will be focusing on the road season as well, and I hope to get uh, opportunities to race there and show my, my skills as well. But yeah, cross was definitely my first, uh, my first love, and I hope to continue developing there. And what about you, Vida and Alisa? Is this something you would also like in the future to join a European-based team? Or David is on the road. What type of disciplines do you yeah, want to develop? For sure. That's a big goal of mine right now. At the moment, I'll be racing like a full mountain bike season also. And I plan to also do a road season. So there's going to be a lot of racing ahead. So I'll have to be really intentional with my goals um, for each of the disciplines. But I'm definitely really excited to participate in all those. Yeah, I also definitely want to get on a European team in the future. Like, it'll just help with, like, development is, like, a cyclist and stuff. And it's definitely a big goal of mine since I was young. So, yeah. Then to end this segment, we're going to 
do a couple of snap questions. It's going to be super easy. I ask a question and you say the first thing which comes up. Favorite rider in the World Tour Peloton or Women's World Tour Peloton? Magic Venerable. Um, Tom Pidcock. Tom Pidcock. Favorite cyclocross rider from America? Ah, <laughs> uh, Stephen Hyde. Also Stephen Hyde. Claire Hansinger. Favorite course in Europe? Namur, 100%. I haven't raced Namur, but I think it would be my favorite course that I've raced it. I've only raced once, so probably the last one I did. Favorite food you've cooked this week? Oatmeal. <laughs> um, our burrito bowls yesterday. Also the burrito bowls. And then finally, your takeaway on yesterday's ride through the mountains. Yeah, I was I was actually quite surprised by the length of the climbs here. Like really uh, eye opening to see that they actually had uh, decent climb here. Yeah, really really good climbing. Little too much wind though, but so cool. Yeah, it was so pretty, like the mountains were way bigger than I expected as well. Um, the wind was kind of crazy, but it was really fun. Yeah, it looked like uh, Lord of the Rings up there and the scenery, the fog, the wind. The only thing which was missing was some guy standing there with a gigantic <laughs> beard. <laughs> but it was a pretty good ride. Would you place it in the top three road rides you've ever done? Some have said so. Definitely up there, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'd say top 10, but yeah. I don't know about top three. Okay, well, we just concluded that top 10 is a decent placement as well. So I think we <laughs> can finish on that note. Thank you for your time and good luck this weekend. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Racing in Europe is more than just the racing, actually. It's a full trip where we do a bunch of other stuff with me and our three riders to talk about this. On my right is Otis. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name's Otis. Uh, I am a second year junior from Pennsylvania. Uh, I mainly do road and cyclocross, but uh, I like to play around with different disciplines. And what team do you race for? Uh, I race for Kelly Benefit Strategies Cycling. And now across the table with me is Maddie. Um, I'm Maddie Fisher. I'm from Virginia. I'm a second year and I mainly race cyclocross and mountain bike and I race for Blue Ridge Cyclocross. On the left of me is Calvin. I'm um, Calvin Conway. I really like to race cross. I'm from Indiana and I'm racing for Ignition race team. So we've been here now for over a week. It's just ahead of the World Cup in Ireland. We've done some riding, some racing. Apart from the racing, what's the most fun stuff you've been doing here? Probably the last week here, or last few days in Ireland with all the boys in like the same house or unit has been really fun to cook breakfast and lunch and dinner together i don't know yeah cooking for ourselves is a very fun dynamic because somebody always has to clean up afterwards and nobody wants to do that everyone wants to do the fun part at the start and not cleaning up so we just kind of force each other to do it yeah it's nice staying in the same house as all the girls because we paint our nails together and cook together and it's like it's a good team aspect but which cooking is better, the one in the kitchen or the cooking on the bike? Oh, <laughs> I think Calvin cooks on the bike. Cooking on the bike is definitely better than cooking in the kitchen. You should see Calvin's mad steeze on the bike. Yeah. About that cooking on the bike, we went into the hills around Dublin here two days ago by now. So that was on Wednesday, the Wednesday before the Dublin World Cup. How was that ride? 
that ride was a top three ride of all time for me. It was, first of all, it was so pretty, but the, the weather also made it just a very epic ride. We, we did about a 20 minute climb and came to the, the crest and the wind was blowing sideways with rain in your face and it just made for an amazing experience. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, <laughs> it was probably the coolest I'd ever done, but I'm not used to those crazy climbs because I live in Indiana and it's really flat. So that was really cool to actually do something like that, which is really unusual for me. Yeah, it was really fun. Like I came around one corner and I almost took out a sheep. I wasn't really expecting that. So it was really cool to see things that you wouldn't normally see back in the U.S. Yeah, and the, the road surface was pretty cool too. It was it was one lane the whole time and it was a little bit sketchy. So going down that hill on the, the cyclocross tires was definitely not, not an easy one. Calvin, you already said it doesn't really compare to what you ride in at home. What type of train do you guys ride in at home? Um, mostly just like gravel roads and I guess normal roads too, but it's almost always flat. And if it's any climb, it's like, I don't know, like 30 seconds long. I don't know. Nothing special. You know, my climbs, I think the longest near me is 10 minutes and I got to ride 30 miles to get to that. So very, very flat near me. For me, it's a little different. I can like ride straight to the parkway from my house and I'm on the top of the Blue Ridge Mountains. So I have a lot of good climbing near me. Apart from the riding we did here in Ireland, we did a number of rides in France. Was there any that stood out there? The, the gravel, the gravel is very cool. And I'm hoping I can come over and get some of those um, pave on the road. So that would be exciting. He's saying gravel, but it was mud, actually. It was deep mud. Yeah. That was a fun ride. I don't know. A lot of people didn't like that one, I don't think, because it was muddy, but I thought that was pretty special. Yeah, it was the, uh, the conditions we're going to expect on Sunday. Yeah. Although it was on the road for a couple Ks long. Yeah, that was the ride we did on Friday in Troyes, so that was two days before the race there. What do you think about the scenery? Some picturesque wine fields? Yeah, and the as Maddie mentioned, the, the Highland sheep almost knocking you off your bike. I remember coming around a corner and just seeing a pretty beautiful lake with a beach and a cliff right next to it that I had never seen anything like that. And to think that it was just a 45-minute ride outside of Center City, Dublin, was, was pretty amazing because you never get that nature in those urban areas in America. Yeah, I would say the scenery in Dublin is much more special than in Tois. Tois was a lot more flat and like, I guess kind of what I'm used to in Vienna, but I mean, it was a lot more European, I guess. Surprisingly, Tois had more rain than Ireland. Yeah. It hasn't rained a bit here yet. Yeah, it hasn't rained much here yet, knock on wood, but it, like the scenery is super rich here, like everything's super green and it's just super lush and the trees are just so pretty. It just, it looks like a fairy tale when you're out riding. Well, I don't really agree that there was a little rain because when I was getting out of those that car on top of those hills to, to get some shots, that horizontal rain curtain <laughs> in my face definitely made me very cold. But yeah, for the rest, it's been pretty good here. I, I guess we also come to the conclusion that flat has a different definition for everyone because Trois is already hilly compared to where I live in the Netherlands. Flat is just pancake flat there. It's really nothing. The longest climbs are like a minute and then there's like five of them. 
everything over 30 seconds has a name, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, about 50 Strava segments on them. And the steep part gets a different segment. So I guess it's just a different definition for anyone. But here in Ireland, I would definitely consider these to be real hills. Like, as you said, a 20-minute climb here, going from sea level to 400 meters above above sea level. So, yeah, pretty significant climbing there. How are you feeling with all that training, that travel, the freshness? I'm feeling a lot fresher this week. I think that's probably because the the travel day this week was only a two-hour plane flight instead of a six-hour overnight flight. Although, that plane flight was not exactly the smoothest plane flight with the uh, air traffic control strikes. Yeah, we were there for a while, just sitting on the ground, so that was a bit tricky, and I did not feel very good the next day, but that big ride on a Wednesday really opened me up, I think, and I'm feeling pretty good coming into race weekend. Yeah, sometimes it's it's good, but sometimes like you have to keep your stress low and try to stay healthy because it's really easy to get sick here. Like Right now, I kind of have a little cold, so it's it's really important to try to keep your routine stress-free and healthy apart from all the riding we've also done some sightseeing any thoughts on that Troyes was one of the most beautiful cities i've been to picturesque cobbled streets winding and just colorful buildings everywhere yeah i've never been to europe before like any in general so that was pretty cool to see Troyes as just like, like seeing all the old buildings and stuff that we don't really have in america or anything yeah, everything was just super, like, eh, super old and beautiful. It's something that you don't really see in the U.S. at all. How do you keep a balance between riding, racing, and enjoying some scenery and a different culture than you have at home? Well, if you're David Thompson, you, you don't enjoy any scenery. <laughs> you just sit in bed all day because that's the, uh, the most optimal for the legs. But uh, I think we manage to balance it pretty well. We've done a sightseeing day a week for uh, each location and that doesn't really cause too much harm on the legs so I think a lot of the sightseeing is during the rides too so it's pretty easy to balance Mm -hmm. that I'm pretty lucky that my parents are staying um, here in Dublin as well so I've been having some times where I go out with them and go get a coffee and see what's around so I'm pretty lucky that I can just go walk around with them and see what's see what's up I mean, I know you guys are joking there about David and you respect him and respect his decisions, but it does show some of the challenges that you face when you're here because what is the most optimal? Is it the most optimal to do a walk through Trois the day before the warm-up, two days before the race? Probably not, but you try to balance it. You try to limit the number of steps you put, but at the same time, you want to see something around the other side of the world so yeah it's a pretty interesting dilemma that everybody is faced with and i mean if you're racing the tour you've been to all these places in france but you've really only seen the road but there's so much more so um calvin how good is it to see all those references to the cycling team <laughs> it's pretty cool to see all the the Lidl's and the yumbos and all that <laughs> stuff because i've never i've never seen any companies or anything like that that sponsors a big team so that's been a little special thing I've had in Europe. <laughs> then your goal is to get on that Bawasa Trek Lions team so yeah. you can race for Lidl Trek on the yeah. road? Yeah, definitely. I wonder if you get um, Lidl vouchers if you race for Lidl Trek. Yeah, I want the Lidl bags too. Lidl bags are fire. 
Yeah, the little socks with yeah. slippers. Yeah, <laughs> they go very hard. I want all the little merch. Sometimes I feel like on the training rides, it's really cool to be representing our country because you kind of feel like a celebrity every time we're out. Like construction workers and just pedestrians are just chanting USA all the time. It's really cool to be out here. Yeah, our group has come through like or come past a lot of um, kids walking to or from school, and it's really funny to hear them say like or cheer for us like Team USA or in France they would say like go 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 yeah or we had them in the dining hall yeah we had a bunch of kids in the dining hall they were heckling us yeah (laughs) but it's funny to hear them try to speak English because it's similar to like if we were to try to speak French and they always come up with the the funniest things to say to us yeah they do It's really cool everyone tries to make a really big effort to talk to each other here versus in the U.S. I feel like if you were out in public and if you saw somebody, you would kind of just get ignored or just walked past. But here, especially in Trois, people would definitely make more of an effort to say hi to you or acknowledge you. So it's that was really cool. pretty easy to spot that we're a big pack of Americans yes. that don't know what we're doing. <laughs> especially when we're riding on the right side of the road. <laughs> yep. We're supposed to be on the left. Yep. With 12 and the car behind. Yeah. yeah. How's the culture shock been in terms of food? I mean, here you've been able to cook when in France the meals were provided to you. The food itself isn't that much different, but the uh, the kind of timing around it, they don't they don't snack as much here. Us Americans love to snack. And it's kind of just big meals, same thing every time, which isn't too much of a shock from American food. It's kind of the same pasta and bread and chicken. Bland pasta. <laughs> Lots of chicken. Yeah. yeah. Though it's still pretty big meals, like quote-unquote big meals, I feel like they're not as filling as American dinners. Like, I'll have a big dinner and go back and still be hungry. And then recently in Dublin, we've been having, um, we get to cook ourselves like Hello Fresh meals and like burrito bowls. And last night we did a Friendsgiving dinner. It felt a lot more American and... Yeah, it was, it was kind of nice to have our, our food. How was that Friendsgiving dinner? It was good. We there was few, not enough space in that room for us. Yeah. I, there were a few mishaps with the cooking, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what did you bring? To yeah, I, I, brought, I brought raw chicken to the dinner. So, um, You want to take out your own teammates before the race? Uh, dude, it makes me look better because I'll be finishing ahead of them, right? <laughs> You want to have them out for nationals as well? I think they would make a return. Yeah, I don't think it would last that long. Yeah. The chicken was not the best thing we've had here, but what was the best thing you've had here? Probably Miles' mashed potatoes. Yeah, Miles' mashed potatoes were or, so good. Henry's ham. I was really down yeah. with Henry's ham. Yeah. Or my uh, maple syrup bacon that I made yesterday morning. I think that was pretty bomb. That was pretty fire. <laughs> no, I had the mac and cheese. Mac and cheese was pretty good. I think eating eggs and cheese every morning is pretty good, too. Yeah. I would just cook some mean eggs and cheese and French toast. We haven't seen that since the first day, though. Maybe that'll make a return. Maybe Sunday night. Post-race meal? Post-race French toast. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for our our coffee shop stops today on our easy ride. That's one thing that I feel like America can't really beat is this, is the European coffee. It's so good. I don't know about that. I like my, I like American coffee better than European coffee. Because Europeans do just espresso and everything. And yeah, it has some taste. Yeah, unlike American, different. which is just the drainy drop which is left at the end of the day. I don't know. I, I make my own coffee and it's pretty good. Yeah, okay. Maybe. 
Maybe your coffee is good, but... Yeah, I think most of us agree that European coffee is better. I think we should have a coffee off. I think we should. <laughs> okay, when you come back for Christmas, yeah. bring some American coffee. Not your own made, just from a store there. I'll drink it cold and then we'll test. Well, I have to, um, I gotta bring the, uh, the pot and everything. It's, it's, a, it's a process. <laughs> That's the thing. Okay, well, let's end with some uh, quick snap questions. I'm gonna give you a dilemma and then everybody quickly gives an answer, so... Grifo or Limas? Grifo. Grifo. Limas. Rain or torrential rain? Torrential rain. Torrential rain. <laughs> torrential rain. <laughs> Tarmac or gravel? Gravel. Tarmac. Gravel. Racing road or racing mountain bike? Mountain bike. Mountain bike. Road. Favorite rider? Kevin Kuhn. Wow. Wow, I'd say wow too. No, no, no. Filippo Ghana. Okay, good. Thank you for your time. Good luck this weekend. And we are on to the next segment. Then it's time for the final segment. We have three brand new riders joining us. To the right of me is Henry. Um, I'm Henry. I'm from Manchester, Massachusetts. I ride for Competitive Edge Racing, which is also based out of Massachusetts. You're a second year junior, first time in Europe. How's it been so far? Uh, it's been it's been a lot. Uh, everything's kind of new, so a lot of learning experiences. Then across the table of me is Lydia. I'm Lydia Cusack. I'm from like Washington DC area. I race for CXD Trek Bikes. And left of me is Lily. I'm Lily Sonneman. I also race from, for uh, CXD Trek Bikes and I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. All first timers here in terms of racing cyclocross, although Lydia, you told me before that you've been in the Netherlands before for some riding. How does it compare here in Ireland to what you've seen before in Europe? Yeah, I've raced in Belgium and the Netherlands before on the road. Um, so far here, it's been a lot hillier, and we haven't raced here yet, but we'll see how it compares. Maybe it's nice. I mean, you say you've raced on the road before. What about the others? What is your background, full-time cross or other disciplines? Um, I do mountain biking in the summer usually. I got into cross first, but during the pandemic, I picked up some mountain biking, and I enjoy doing that during the summer. I do mountain biking as well. Spring, I um, plan to do a full UCI mountain bike schedule in hopes of making the world championships team. The racing trials behind us, it's racing in Europe. How do you guys reflect upon that race? Is it maybe comparison to the US or just a general takeaway? How did it go for you? What's the main lesson you learned there? Pretty proud of myself, the way I put myself out there. Early on, I was actually in the lead, which I did not expect to happen considering it was my first World Cup. I definitely want to push a little harder on the second lap. It's really different from U.S. racing. The second lap is really fast when it typically isn't in the U.S. Race usually ramps up as it goes on in the U.S., but here in Europe, it just like starts really fast and it just holds that pace. So at the end, you're like barely holding on, which I'm not necessarily used to. It's a lot less tactics because for me, I'm chasing. I'm not in the front of the group, so it's more just an all-out effort. Yeah, I agree with Henry. One of the things I noticed was in the U.S., you know, you go out hard the first lap, and then the second lap, you've settled into your position. But here in Europe, like, you can't settle. Like, the riders just keep coming, and they'll keep passing you unless you um, just keep keep up your pace and keep going. Um, yeah, I've noticed the riders are much more assertive, so this coming weekend, I'll try to, like, assert myself more, be more aggressive, and yeah. Overall, were you satisfied with your races, or... Was it a bit of a tough start? 
for me, I was happy with my start on last Sunday. I felt that I moved up through the field pretty quickly before the first technical section. But after that, I just didn't feel very great on the day, in which that was disappointing after having some great races leading up to this. But I'm excited to give it another go. Um, yeah, I'm definitely hungry for more after Trois. I learned a lot, and I'm excited to go into Dublin with some more experience. I'm very happy with my result, but I'm not satisfied at all. So, We've been free-riding the course already a bit. Yesterday, on Thursday, we went over and checked it out. Any thoughts on the course? It's definitely not as technical, which I think that would be fun. But I also think that the power, long power sections will suit me as a roadie. Yeah, I think it's very easy to dig yourself into a hole in this course. It's very heavy. A lot of people are going to want to try to get ahead uh, as soon as possible, and that's the way to go. But once you once you crack on this course, it seems like it's a really hard push to try to stay with the group. How important is it to get in a group? In one of the earlier discussions, they said in the U.S. it's easier to move through the field and you can drop to fourth or fifth, whereas here it's important to be in the front of your group. Would you say that's something you've noticed so far? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think I agree with that. Just, again, there's so many people that if you are sitting at the back of your group and you make a mistake or something, you'll just get launched off and the next people will come to swallow you up. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it's critical to stay in a group to like maintain the high pace. Otherwise, you'll people will catch up to you and just go flying by you if you're by yourself. Yeah, I think leading the group is, is, is important because everyone's eager to pass each other and when you're in the middle of the back of the group, you're getting like chopped or people are trying to get on past you. And when you're in the front, you kind of control. And if someone does make a move, you're able to react to that. So I think group racing is very good, but I personally like to chase and try to get onto the group ahead. So I think it's important to be on the front of the group. Do you feel better prepared for the racing this week compared to last week because you've done a race here now you've been here for a bit longer had some time to adjust to the jet lag or have none of those things really been an issue last week um for me i think the jet lag and being here didn't really affect my race but just never having raced cyclocross in europe definitely had an effect on like how i raced so i think i learned a lot last weekend and that will help me for this weekend even after the pre-ride in that first race i could tell that i was so much better at riding the ruts and just navigating these more technical and different European courses. And I feel like now after having done the first World Cup, you know, getting it out of the way, there's gonna be less nerves on Sunday. Obviously still some nerves, but just less of the like first time ones. So is the difference really in the type of course that you're not really used to having a course that technical and that rutted in Troyes? I think like some of the conditions, like the muddy conditions and just the steep banks were definitely different. Those were things that I, I think, quickly learned how to ride, and obviously those take a long time to perfect, but also just like the nerves and the, all the travel and stuff. Uh, definitely we don't have ruts like that in America. I think like we have a bunch of small little kids on our courses that kind of rip up the ruts with their feet or like form different ruts that aren't like the ideal line. So personally, I've never ridden ruts like so deep at such speed. What about Charm City last year? I mean, you both weren't uh, juniors then, but Henry, you were. I don't know if you raced there, but that was a bit muddy. There it has enough camber there. Did that get rutted? I can't really recall. 
Um, so as a junior boy, we were one of the first UCI races of the day, second one right after junior girls. The amateur races before didn't really set in any ruts. If they were ruts, they were not the right racing line. Um, made it kind of challenging, but it was raining so hard that the course was just different every lap. Um, so I don't really recall any racing ruts. Might be a bit of a difficult question to explain, but could any of you try and explain what's it like committing to the rut? What do you need to do? How do you try to control your bike? Personally, getting your weight kind of back to let the bike do its thing is the most important. Um, for me, you can't really fight the rut or else it'll push you out. You kind of just have to let it, you have to get on and it'll bite and you just gotta let your bike make the corner. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. You have to kind of try to con not, you can't control your bike too much through it. You kind of just have to let like the bike do its thing and trust the rut. Trust it's going to take you to the right place. It's kind of like when you're riding in the sand, if you're riding in the dunes of Cockside, you just need to let your front wheel search the path and then follow it. I guess that's a very good way to put it. You need to trust your bike here in Dublin. It doesn't look like we're going to have that many ruts to commit to. Does this feel like a course which is a bit less technical, as you said, a course that resembles home a little bit or too different from that? For me, it felt a lot like a local race. I don't think it really compares to the UCI races we have in America, but just the small little local races that I have around where I live that remind me a lot of the course. Yeah, I mean, I think besides the sand pit, which we don't have a lot of in the U.S., the straightaways and just flatter type of course is definitely more like the ones I have at home. Yeah, though the grass is really thick and like just pre-riding it took a lot of energy. Um, I think most of the the courses in the U.S., the ground is very firm and fast, but here it's really soft. It's been raining for a long time and it's just really challenging to get your bike through. That grass also sticks in the derator. It's a good reason to change your bike a handful of times. Is that something you've taken any lessons from Troyes about bike changes or strategy around that? Yeah, there's, in Troyes there's definitely a faster pit than the other. Um, it's really strategic because you can fall off your group by just changing a bike. So. Yeah, here I think I, there's not a pit lane that's faster than the other, but I think, like Henry was saying, you really need to think about your timing for pitting and if you're in a situation where um, pitting would not be an advantage because you would lose the wheels of the group that you're in uh, that's something to think about that's something you also need to think about in the US this year there were a couple of muddy races yeah we got some practice at Trek Cup for sure that was that was another example of a pit lane that was um, faster than the other uh, lane or the one that wasn't the pit lane so well we're just as I said the almost at the evening before the race in Dublin if you were to set a goal for yourself what would that be I really want to get top 10 I think the thing about Europe is there's about 20 people that are just as fast as you are depending on the day and how many mistakes you make you can like go between those 20 results for me if I minimize my mistakes, I can see myself in the top 10. But if I fall a lot and I don't race smart, I can see myself getting 30th, which is a completely different result. 
My goal isn't so like result oriented, but mostly I just want to make sure I pace this right, this race correctly. I think it'll be tricky to pace with all the power sections, but um, yeah, I just want to make sure I pace it correctly, and I also want to be more assertive throughout the whole race. Um, you know, throw throw a few elbows and like show that I'm there. I agree with Lydia. I share the same goals. I think, like I was saying, I'm a race last Sunday. I was happy with my start, and I want to continue to be the aggressive person that I was at the start and carry that throughout the whole race. Then let's end with a couple of dilemmas. I'm going to ask a question and you can all say the first thing that comes to mind. So let's start. Favorite U.S. cyclocross course? Uh, Rochester. Yeah, I'd say Rochester too. I'm going to say Charm City. Favorite U.S. cyclocross rider? Curtis White. He's my coach, coach, so I kind of have to say that. And also, he is my favorite. Uh, He's a big mentor to me, so. Um, Yeah, probably Curtis as well. It was nice to see him win nationals last year. I'm going to say Al Brenneman. Favorite race you've ever done? Um, Probably King's Cross this year on day one. That was a really fun tactical race for the girls. I'm going to say Chekhov. I really like the conditions this year. I enjoy the mud. And that one being really close to my home, that one's always a fun one. Definitely this past weekend in France. Okay, and then finally, your favorite tire thread? Um, chicane. Dune. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, good luck this weekend. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. That section completes this episode of the Cyclocross Social Podcast. The World Cup in Dublin is now behind us. I have traveled back by boat and car. It was a long journey. A couple of results from Dublin. David was not able to achieve a podium, but he was still relatively satisfied with a sixth place. Henry was able to improve on his result and achieve his goal. He ended 10th. The other results in the men junior race were James who ended 22nd, Miles was not feeling super fit on race day and ended 24th, Calvin was 31st and Otis was 33rd after a puncture. In the junior women's race, Vida was in the mix for a podium for a long while but ultimately had to settle for 5th. Alyssa White missed a top 10 after a crash in the first lap she managed to recover to 11th place. Alyssa Sarkasov didn't have a snap chain this time and managed to finish 17th. Lydia Kusak, Lily Sonneman and Maddie Fisher ended 23rd, 24th and 25th respectively. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. You can give feedback if you're listening on Spotify by hitting the Q&A icon. Else you can send an email to Noah at cyclocross with three S's dot com. So Noah at cyclocross, make sure to add that third S dot com. And I look forward to hearing from the people who give feedback. I hope to follow these juniors a bit more during the season and kind of give an insight on how a junior season looks like. A bit of a different angle also from the American perspective. Thanks everyone for listening. We will be back this weekend when we discuss the Super Prestige in Bohm and the World Cup in Flamanville. See you guys then. Goodbye.